So it's great to be with you all again. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Suzanne Nadell, and I am an elder here at Atlanta Christian Church. I've been coming here for the past five years, the most recent time. Um, I was here for several years back when we were in Buckhead before my husband and I had to move around the country um, for work, and we were glad to be back. But this is a special place with a lot of special people, so I'm always humbled when I'm asked to speak to you. As Derek mentioned, we're taking a break over the summer from the liturgy liturgical calendar, and instead we're looking at some biblical, some spiritual practices, some touch points is what he's referring to those as. And this week we're talking about prayer. Now, as kind of Derek alluded to, some of you are sitting there and you're like, I got this one. I can check my email. Um, I know the Lord's Prayer. I know the outline. I've got it. Others of you, like when you hear that word, a sense of panic may set in, and you're like, just don't ask me to pray out loud. You know, like it's like a really, really awkward thing. I'm going to be honest with you. When I think of prayer, two things come to my mind. First, I think of little Susie Lake um, in rural central Illinois at our kitchen table um, that was in the middle of a kitchen before there were islands and big rooms. And my dad, who was a pastor, would ask us every night, one of us, there were three of us, three kids in four years, um, and he would ask one of us, it's your turn to pray. And... (laughs) Sometimes he would get his ever-so-frustrated pastor soul, and he would pause, and he'd say, Susie, it's your turn, but I want you to put some thought in it tonight. (laughs) Because every time one of the three of us would say something like, dear God, if it was me, dear God, thank you for mom, dad, Paul, and Sarah. Thanks for a good day. Thanks for the food. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Flash forward a few hours later, and the second thing that comes to my mind when I think of prayer is my mom would tuck us in every night, and the same kind of thing would happen, and my version every night was, dear God, thank you for mom, dad, Paul, and Sarah. Thank you for a good day. Help me have a good night's sleep and a good day tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Those were my daily conversations with God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not... about to criticize my parents on this because they did a very good job at instilling the understanding that talking to God is something I should do daily. And not just daily, more than once a day. The thing is, as I personally grew up and matured in my faith and walk, it took me a real long time to grow in the way I conversed with God. And I think it's safe to say missing that slowed the maturity of my faith. Note that I just said a word that I didn't use up until now. That word was converse. My question for you today is, do you have conversations with God? I'm going to say that panic word again. Panic may have just set in with some of you again. You're thinking, I'm about to go somewhere really uncomfortable. And maybe parts of this are. But at the end of the day, if we're going to talk about the spiritual practice of prayer, we need to talk about the invitation God gives us to be with him in prayer every day. So I can't hardly ever speak without referring to my day job, which is I run a newsroom. I'm the news director of WSB-TV. I'm in charge of the entire news department. If you have complaints, we'll talk later. And when I talk to my staff about the nuts and bolts of what we do every day in communicating stories, 
I talk about not just checking off the box of doing something or just going through the motions to get something done. We have to connect the dots for our viewers. I even have, by the way, the dots today, that was like totally, I realized it walking in. I'm like, I am wearing dots. Um, I even have a shirt that I wear when I talk about the subject in staff meetings, and it has checkered boxes and dots, and I swear I spared you the mom sweater today, but then I brought out other polka dots. Um, We're not going to, we are going to, though, have a conversation about going beyond the check off the box mentality in ensuring we're connecting the dots. What do I mean when I say connecting to the dots? I mean asking ourselves these questions. What does it mean? Why are we doing it? And what's the relevance? Let's take that to prayer. Has it become a check off the box for you? And are you even taking a check off the box mentality when it comes to what you're praying about? Or are you connecting the dots? Meaning, are you living out the essence of what we're invited to do? And what is the essence of prayer? It's communication. It's the way we talk to God, and yes, the way he talks to us. So, a good thing you have a communications major preaching today to talk about communication. I'm going to tell you something we say when things break down in a newsroom. It goes something like this. For a bunch of people who are supposed to be pros at communicating, we had a breakdown in communication. And I bet you know what's behind that breakdown 95% of the time. It's a lack of listening. Listening is probably not the first thing you think about when you think of prayer. Some of you may not even think about it at all. But let's be real. When you do think of prayer, what is that word that comes to mind? I have a feeling it may be followed by another word It's not communication, it's not listening, it's request. Prayer requests, right? It's a church thing, we take prayer requests. I grew up in that same kitchen with a piece of paper hanging near the calendar that was hanging near our phone in the kitchen, uh, the phone where nearly all conversations took place back in the day, in front of everyone. My mom said if it was a conversation we couldn't have in front of the whole family, it was a conversation we shouldn't be having. Um, And that may be why I have boundary issues. Uh, (laughs) that piece of paper had names and phone numbers. And those of us who grew up in some church circles know what that piece of paper was. It was the prayer chain list. Mm -hmm. My parents are still involved in an active prayer chain. I'm not exaggerating when I say there is hardly a visit that goes by where I do not hear my parents talk about calling somebody on the prayer chain or just getting it started. Today, they even make apps that are basically prayer chain apps. And there is something beautiful about what this says about community, going to God and praying on people's behalfs. But hear me when I say this. I understand the power of taking a request to God. Making the big ask is important. God wants us to take our worries and our requests to him. It's like one of my favorites, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Something awesome about that, right? It can bring a sense of peace in times when something is weighing heavy on our hearts. 
The, challenges, the challenge we face is we become so focused on the asks and the gratitude. And I could say as a young girl who said those prayers I shared with you early understood. I understood going to God with reverence. I understood to thank him for the good. I understood to take my request to him. And as a little girl, a good night's sleep and a good day tomorrow, that was a big request in my life. I understood the importance of consistency in prayer, doing it at certain times of the day, which is a Jewish practice that the early church followed. What I didn't understand and what carried into my adulthood, unfortunately, was what many people miss, and that's Ephesians 6.18. That's where we read, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. This is where I want to challenge your thinking again. Praying on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Some versions say pray without ceasing. What Paul does not mean to do here is to constantly be asking God for something. That's not what he's saying. And if you think of prayer as a shopping list and you do it when you have a bunch of requests, a reason to thank God for those requests being granted, the idea of constant praying may be challenging. You may even find yourself going stretches without praying because you don't have a pressing need. But when you think of prayer's communication, then the constant conversation is a little more digestible. You see, when we become Christians, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It lives within us. And when the Spirit is living in us, we get the nudge for how the conversation happens. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Wordless groans. Some other versions say words that can't be uttered. The Spirit prays in us. Okay, if I lost you, hang on. Because if you feel you're not even close to that place, that's okay. Because just like any relationship, it takes time. Just like any relationship, it takes time in each other's presence. It takes commitment. And I'm going to go back to another word I said earlier. Just like any relationship, it takes listening. It's a two-way street. How do you hear God? It can be spending time in his creation. I find it no coincidence there is study after study published about how spending time in nature helps mental health. And let's not forget about spending time in God's creation can also mean spending time in community with others. God puts people in our lives to deliver messages to us. Are you listening to the right voices? The people God put in your life, the wise. God can also talk to us in our circumstances. That's when it's important to ask God what we can learn from the circumstance we're currently dealing with. Praying without ceasing is listening to all the ways God can be speaking to us in our creative outlets, 
in our time dedicated to him. And yes, he wants to spend time, he wants us to spend time with him in all those places, the people and situations he created for us. Then there's the part of communication that I think we understand a bit part better than the listening part. That's the speaking part, right? Jesus outlined how to say a prayer out loud in our text and what we know as the Lord's Prayer. It's that outline that we're taught, praise God, take a request to him, forgive us, deliver us from sinning, let your will be done. But what Jesus also did, though, is he spoke to God with honesty. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, we read how when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was taken into custody and then crucified, he pleaded that he be delivered from what he was about to go through. An angel even had to come and give him strength. Now, there's debate on over if Jesus actually sweat blood. Um, there are some people who say, you know, Luke was a doctor, so he knew that, you know, that there was a medical condition that could happen, and if that happens, you're really in bad shape, and that's why an angel had to come. And then there are other... There are other sides that say the translation is actually sweat like blood drops while he was doing it. But, but if you're caught up in that, you're missing the point. The point is, he was in anguish, and did he keep it in? No. He lived the example of what prayer is to be to us. He shows us that the relationship he had with his Father in heaven Good relationships are honest relationships. Good relationships don't just talk about the good stuff. They don't hide true feelings or fears. They speak truth. God knows what's on your heart. He wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants you to be in honest conversation with him. I promise you, when I've been at the most honest with God, whether it be problems I had with other people, questions about my future, or incredible health scares, I've seen when I am honest with him about those fears, it breaks down a wall of pride that has allowed me to see the people and circumstances he has surrounded me with that answer those honest prayers. So finally, let's talk about one of those big prayer words in our session. To intercede, to intercede is to intervene on behalf of another. Douglas V. Steer said this, intercession is the most intensely social act that the human being is capable of. And it could be a tough one because when we all pray for something or someone and it works out, what do we say? That's the power of prayer. And when it doesn't, what do we say? Well, it was God's will. That's where we need to really take a good look at our attitude. Are we again going to God with our wish list only at our convenience? Only when we're scared or have something we want clarity on? Or are we having that continued conversation that is a relationship focused on gratitude for the grace he has already shown us? That doesn't mean to not persistently take our prayers to him but it does mean that sometimes his answer is not what we hoped for. And when that happens, our challenge is to see that in the relationships, how God's grace is still manifesting itself, even if it's not in the way we hoped. One of the things I've worked on as I've grown as a leader and as I coach a lot of people is how to respond versus react. Reacting can be like, blah, 
My hair is on fire. It can be defensive. It can be emotional. Responding is taking the time to weigh what is really going on and respond in a thoughtful way. This is really tough for me because by nature, I'm a very emotive person from a very emotive family. But at its core, it's about being slow to speak and quick to listen to others. And most importantly, it's about listening to the Spirit. I prayed after my first cancer that I never have cancer or have to go through chemo again. But I did. And am I going to stand here and give some sunshiny, rosy statement about how grateful I am because of the good things that unfolded in my second round of cancer? No. But I will say this. When I pause and listen and process what went on in my life at the time, yes, God was working. Yes, he put people in my life at the right time. Yes, I felt his grace. And I discovered that in listening to him. Let's circle back to our text, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Jesus prayed it at the time of the Sermon of the Mount, the same sermon where we get the Beatitudes and so many daily applications for our life. The disciples asked how they should pray. They had no idea. What was Jesus' answer? Praise God. Pray to further the kingdom. Pray for your needs. Pray for forgiveness and to avoid sin. A pretty good blueprint for the things we need at times, right? Also a good blueprint for pausing and looking around to see how God is answering those things in our life all the time. While the Lord's prayer is powerful and, yes, a great model, when we talk about spiritual practices, it's also important to remember the other times Jesus prayed. He went to the wilderness to pray in private. He prayed at tables. He prayed for the sick. He prayed when his friend died. He prayed to be relieved of the pain of dying on a cross. Jesus didn't just pray when the disciples asked him how to pray. He prayed consistently. And now he lives through us in the gift of the Spirit to guide us in those prayers every day. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you. Yes, he wants to be the one you run to when you're hurting. He knows your hurts, but he wants to talk to you about them. He wants to rejoice with you when you get the good news. He wants to give you a hug when you need it. He wants you to notice the good things he's done for you. And just like you, when you do something good for someone, he wants to be thanked when he did it for you. A relationship takes time. It takes trial and error. It takes dedication and work. But no relationship is a good one if communication breaks down because it's a one-way street. Imagine just for a moment how your days may be different if your first thought wasn't to run to someone to gossip or to grab the extra food or whatever your crutch may be. And in turn, you turn to the one who is there for you unconditionally. He loves you so much, he died on the cross and sent the Holy Spirit to give us a nudge 
every day to join him in conversation. This week, I encourage you to not only look for ways to be more consistent in your formal prayer life, that's what I think of the traditional times, and you know, morning, noon, and night, that's, you know, a good reminder. But go beyond that and look for ways to talk to God throughout your day. Whether it be noticing the birds in your backyard, the person who gave you a compliment just when you needed it, or the circumstance that may not be pleasant, but you know God is talking to you through the situation. He's there every day, and he wants to talk to you. He wants a relationship, and relationships require conversation.